Well, hello and welcome to episode number 65 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the Old Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at Old Fire. At Old Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On the podcast today, we're going to be talking about virtual team communications across time zones and how different time zones can have different impacts on the way you have to plan your communications and the way that your team will operate and interact. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the Ulfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, sign up for our regular newsletter, find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So one of the first things that most people think about when they are considering and planning for a virtual team, particularly if they're starting to get into large teams that are spread into multiple centres, is the impact of time zones. At least I'll, I'll rephrase that. I hope it's one of the first things that most people think about because time zones and the, the time differences between the locations of your various team members can have an enormous impact on the ability of your team to function effectively and on really on the well-being and the both the physical and mental well-being of the people that make up your team. These time zones can be quite can seem to be quite innocuous at times, but but when you actually get down to it, sometimes the the differences that these even small time zones can can put into the way that your team operates can have quite stark impacts on the way that the team functions. So during this this particular um, article, we're going to go through the four sort of phases of time zone differences and. Uh, and just look at them individually to see how each one will impact your teams. But before we get into that, the one thing that probably is worth also considering is also just straight out physical distance. There are many places in the world where you can have team members who are separated by huge different distances, but typically those distances may be, let's say, in the north-south rather than the east-west orientations. And consequently, a north-south difference, while it has no time zone difference, can have a very large mental impact on the team members and on their ability to to relate to one another, simply because of how far apart people are. You could, for instance, have someone located down in the far south of South America having to deal with someone even in the north of South America or up into the into North America and Canada, these people would be separated by vast differences of distance, but potentially by no time zone whatsoever. Um, And those differences like that can still be something that has to be managed and has to be considered. But for the purposes of this particular podcast, we're going to be looking at time zones. So we're going to look in phases. We're going to look in the one, two, three hours section first, then in the sort of three to four and five hours and then we'll get into the six to eight hours, and then finally we'll talk about the the very large time zone differences of more than eight hours. 
So the first one then, one or two hours, or maybe even one to three hours. In many countries, and this podcast is coming out of Australia, it's quite possible to have three time zones within that one country where um, where people can be on the East Coast and the West Coast working together, but still separated by three or more time zones. You get this in the US, you get it in Canada, you get it in um, in, in Australia and in a few other parts around the world as well. In, in Europe, obviously, you've got several different time zones as well. But in, specifically in countries like Australia, the US and Canada, you've got multiple time zones within the one country. So you've got a common language, you've got largely a common culture, but you've still got these large time zones that people have to work out how to deal around. Now, these small numbers of time zones, the one or two or three hours, relatively benign, relatively easy to manage. You just need to make sure that regular meetings, you need to make sure when you're planning them that they are held at a time which is at least close to within the normal business hours of everybody that's that's going to be on these calls. Um, so, for instance, if you are on the East Coast, you wouldn't aim, at least we would hope you wouldn't aim to run a meeting at, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning during a, during a time when you have three-hour time difference in the country because that means that the people on the West Coast would be expected to be on that call at 5 a.m., Similarly, you wouldn't expect someone on the West Coast to schedule a meeting at 5pm or 6pm for their time because that would mean that people on the East Coast would then be expected to be on that call somewhere between 8 and 9pm. Now, doing that now and again infrequently is not too bad. Um, potentially even doing it if it's planned and thought through and, and everybody is fully agreeing to it happening can also not be too bad but when you start to be doing this repetitively it can pose quite a um, quite a physical demand on the people who are the ones who are having to make make the sacrifices of coming onto that call outside of their normal hours so you need to think through that you also need to be aware that people will have lunch breaks and uh, and so forth that that will mean that they may be unavailable at certain times of the day to uh, to to participate in these calls without an impact on their normal lives now the advantages of course of these small time zone differences can be that the people on the east coast have a couple of hours of quiet time before the west coast goes live when they can catch up on correspondence and so forth and equally the people on the west coast can have a couple of hours of quiet time after the people on the east coast typically have finished their working day and gone home so there's this sort of five or six hours of overlap in the middle of the day when everybody's at work and everybody is able to contact everybody else and then there's a two-hour window at each end for one or the other location where they have uh, where they have some clear time where they can do some of their own work without having to worry about or be concerned with um, the people from the opposite side of the country contacting them. Now, of course, this this works very well when you're on a relatively simple situation with only say two or three offices, one on the west and one on the east, and so forth. If you start to get to the point where one of these is in the middle of a of a and multiple one then uh, we'll talk about that a bit a little bit later on anyway so the next one then is the three to four hour or or slightly more three to five hour maybe even um, difference here you're starting to get to the point where the level of overlap is only half a working day 
So for some people, the overlap will be their morning and for others, it'll be their afternoon. And that means really that you need to then be, start to become quite careful in how you're going to plan regular communications because you'll only have a limited window of time. Even though it's three or four hours, you'll still only have a half day window when you need to plan things. So the people on the east side of this who get to their clocks earlier, who's who are running ahead, they can send correspondence to the other people on the West and the people in the West then will receive it when they start work or when they first start checking their correspondence. But they won't normally then be able to, to talk to the other people until until they're then in their normal working time, by which time it's midday and onwards for the people on the East. And, of, and then, of course, the people in the West, if they have questions that need answers in the afternoons of their working time, they can find sometimes that there's nobody on the East that they can actually ask these questions of because they've all finished and gone home for the day. So you need to come up with strategies that will allow you to, to reach out to these people late into their evenings or potentially to reach out to the people on the West side of these relationships early in their mornings before they may have made their commute to work. So it starts to get a little bit more complex, but still you have sufficient overlap to have a reasonable level of ongoing um, active communication during the day. Now, the third time zone band that we're talking about here is the six to eight hours. Here you're starting to get to the point where the overlap is very short. You may have a one or two hour overlap between offices. Now, typically this would happen if you're working between, say, Australia and uh, Europe or between Europe and the West Coast in the US or the West Coast in the US and possibly East Coast Australia. But it's starting to get a little bit stretched there. So this eight hours, this six to eight hours overlap, sorry, this six to eight hour time zone difference starts to become quite difficult to manage. It becomes harder and harder to find times when you can have regular synchronous communications during normal daylight time, during normal day time for working hours. So you need to then start to find ways, firstly, where you can plan these synchronized meetings be they telephone or video meetings, such that they are not too intrusive for the people on each end. But you also will then find that your project starts to rely increasingly on asynchronous communications, email, voicemail, text messages and so forth. And also people start to become more and more obliged to join communications outside of their normal working day. So if you get to the point where you need to have several hours of meetings during every day, it becomes an imperative that somebody will either start to work a different normal working day. So if they're in the West, they may start work a bit earlier and finish work a bit earlier. Um, if they're on the East, then they may start work a bit later and finish work a bit later so that their day then slips so that you have a larger overlap, one office to the other. So it, it starts to become quite difficult to maintain good, reliable, solid communications. Then the fourth time zone challenge is when you get to more than eight hours. And here you're really in the situation where there is zero to a very small amount of overlap between offices. And you can even have to the point where there is absolutely no overlap and there's actually a gap between normal working day in one office and normal working day in another now, the worst case for this would be when you get up to 12 hours where you're on completely opposite ends of the clock. 
But even in those couple of hours either side of 12 hours, it becomes increasingly difficult to have regular, rich communications. People start to rely increasingly on email and written communications, which is nowhere near as effective and as nuanced and as subtle and as easy to interpret as a, as a telephone call or a video conference can be. And it also means that, that things can then slip, and they can slip potentially for 36 hours before each party realises that they need to have an actual conversation and can schedule something. So it becomes harder and harder for people then to uh, to communicate effectively. Of course, these, these, six to, these eight hours plus can occur in many different situations. You could have, let's say, East Coast Australia into the Middle East and, and into uh, large parts of Europe. You can have uh, Europe into um, Central and, uh, and Western US. You can have, of course, the Americas into Australia. Um, so there's, there's a lot of places around the world where this, this larger gap can become re- a real challenge. And you hear a lot of talk about the 24-hour working day and work moving around and so forth. Trying to do that sort of stuff for a long time is extremely difficult to do it effectively and to do it efficiently. Um, there are ways it can be done, but it is really, really hard to get it right. So you need to think very hard about how you're going to structure your communications. You may find that certain people need to be almost permanently online either available by phone or available by email or whatever and that then can start to lead to some real fatigue challenges where people just become increasingly tired and they get to the point where where if you're not careful you'll start seeing a bit of burnout and people will will just withdraw from the project or withdraw from the business completely because they, they simply cannot manage that level of ongoing engagement within the job. So those are the the four main bands. Now, the extra wrinkle um, is where you get multiple time zones, where you may have four hours between one or two offices and then another four hours and then another four hours. This work then starts to need really careful planning because there are ways where you can manage these communications that are relatively low impact on everybody, but there are also ways where you can manage these communications that become very high impact on a lot of people. You need to find ways where you can manage them. Potentially, you may run regular, let's say, meetings that face to the east. So you would have it where one office would, would, would manage these communications and they would then engage with all of the offices to their east. And then you would have a similar lot of meetings that would engage to the west. And you can do that in a way where most people are then communicating during their normal day. One office then has uh, meetings early in the morning and late in the afternoon to deal with people on their left and on their right, on their east and on their west. But you can also end up in a situation where, for instance, head office needs to have or wants to have or feels a desire to have everybody on a call once a week, for instance. And that can mean that some offices every week, people from that office are expected to be present at work at two or three in the morning, once a week, every week. And that starts again to build up resentment and to build up fatigue within the team. And it can sometimes be done without really considering what that impact is. And it's done simply to cater to the preferences of someone in head office who who has initiated these meetings without thinking things through. 
So clearly from all of this you can see that there are some real challenges associated with managing and working around multiple time zones, different ways where people will address them in different manners and, and different challenges that come with each particular little gap. Um, even on the same time zone it can be hard but when you start to get to the point where you've got to not just look at your watch but actually pull out a, a chart that says okay it's this time here and it's this time there it starts just to make it harder and harder for people to communicate and the harder it becomes the more people will stop communicating or they'll change their communication habits so that they may only move to a once a week email or a once a week phone call and then those, they'll miss one or two of those and suddenly you find it's a fortnight or three weeks, four weeks between communications. Suddenly things start to go really badly, really quickly and your projects can very quickly run off track. So think carefully about how you manage time zones and how you manage communications across these time zones. How you share work and, and how the choice of the locations is impacted by the time zones split between multiple offices. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode and you've got something useful from it. If you have, then please do check us out at www.ulfire.com.au And of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed. And, uh, and if you do so, then please do leave us some feedback on there because the feedback is a great help to get the podcast promoted within the various platforms that run podcasts around the place. Um, if you are interested in subscribing to the podcast and you've not already done so, if you just found this as a one-off, then there are links on the Old Fire website to all the various platforms where you can subscribe and where you can access them going forwards. So thank you very much for your time and I look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. <laughs>